This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin. The only problem I'm going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's good, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street. Your favorite draft analyst. Favorite draft analyst. It's the Draft Act NBA Draft Show on the No Ceilings NBA podcast feed. My name is Corey Tulliba. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Albert Garbage Time. Gim, Albert, what's going on, brother? All is going on. All is that's not that's a weird answer, but I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm excited to be back. But th- th- we're we're at that point now. Pre-draft season, NBA playoffs. My Knicks are up three-one against the Cavs. Yes. I won't even lie to you, Corey. I told everybody that I thought the Cavs would win in six, and I'm really glad that I was wrong. And the reverse jinx is still alive. So I'm feeling great. <laughs> feeling great. Man, playoffs have been awesome, man. Yeah, they've been awesome, and they tell us so much about i feel like how we should be scouting Mm. you know and um that Knicks series and i think the one that's potentially going to be after it if if things go according to the way Mm. you know i'm sure the odds makers would favor it to go seems like defense is gonna matter Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we're not here to break down the nba playoffs we are here to uh talk about the nba draft and and break down what is i think been the most contentious prospect between <laughs> the no ceilings crew <laughs> right um yeah. and that's bryce sensaba from uh ohio state uh sensaba the uh 19.64 years old on draft night listed at 6'6 235 played 24 and a half minutes per game this year averaged 16.3 points per game 5.4 rebounds 1.2 assists two turnovers a half a steal uh 0.4 blocks shot it at a 48% clip 40 and a half percent from deep 83% from the line uh, true shooting percentage of 58.7, PER of 26.4, and a box score plus minus of 8.6. He was unranked on the draft deck IPO, uh, currently sits at 15th on the latest edition of that, which took place uh, this week or last week. Uh, ESPN has him at 18. The Athletic has him at 14. Tankathon at 14. Bleacher Report at 15. The Ringer at 20. No ceilings at 14. Um, uh, average stock price of 16 here. So, as I always do, Albert, I'm going to ask you, is Sensabaugh stock price too high, too low, or is it just right? What was the exact number again, Corey? Uh, the average price is 16. Yeah. yeah. And fi- he ranked 15th on the top 55 draft deck update. So, bordering the, the end of the lottery. Corey, I, I feel like... I feel like... For me, it feels just about right. 
Mm. Um, I don't want to say it's too high because uh, I think on my board I had him higher. Um, but I also don't want to say too low either, considering the fact that I had him higher. Um, just because I can see how other people may perceive him at a lower spot. So for me, I, I like him right at 16 as like a median outcome. Um, once again, my personal ranking of him is higher than that. But I, I get it. If we're considering how everyone feels about him and overall, I, as you mentioned, he is kind of a divisive topic for us at No Ceilings. 16 feels just about right. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> What's funny is like you're either in or you're out. And at No Ceilings, we've been passionate about it. Yeah. Or, and I don't think out like, oh, I'm not drafting him. Just like he's either in the 20s or he's in your top 10. But I, I feel like we have other guys that we like talk about a lot. And maybe we're a little bit more aligned or maybe we're not, but we're not as passionate as the, the, the two subsections. And I feel like you're neutral. You've been neutral yes. on this, <laughs> but yes. like there's been two subsections of, of, uh, scouts at no ceilings who are very passionate about their sense of takes um i think i'm one of them uh so for me it's too low you know i and i we talked about him on this feed a couple of weeks ago when uh rucker and metcalf and i were in portland before you had arrived when we were at the nike hoop summit and we did an episode because um i think you were you know in route called sell me this pen we were just like basically selling um you know, each other on guys that we were higher on versus the other two guys. And Sensabaugh was the guy that that I sold for that episode. And I had said, like, I have him as a, a potential top five guy. You know, I think I say that with the Kavet that he does have a history of knee issues. He had two surgeries on a meniscus in high school, uh, which I think potentially, you know, probably dropped him down boards a little bit and then uh there's also the knee injury that took him out for the very end of this season so you know that i don't love that yeah for him but if i'm if i'm going strictly on on talent from what i see out of him and i know it sounds crazy because you're thinking it's like all right so there's the thompson twins there's jarris walker there's cam whitmore and then there's this pudgy um stocky stocky what's the no. word that you use i mean it depends but <laughs> we can go with stocky here there's a there's this stocky shooting guard who's like not overly athletic and looks awkward on the court yeah. um and you have him up there in that range and i'm like yeah i fucking do because <laughs> i just think he's so 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 skilled man so for me it's too low i understand you know that there are reservations with a guy like sensaba and and i i understand the arguments um but you know i think my goal and and our goal with this podcast is to really really deep dive on these prospects to help both of us get you know a, a better understanding for ourselves and and i'm gonna state my case why i think he's you know, uh, the prospect, the level of prospect that he is. And, and then, you know, we'll, we'll show some stuff that is probably the reason why some people might have him a little bit lower. Uh, but when you have the kind of production, we talked about the percentages, yeah, 48, 41, 83. I mean, I, I think per 40, the, 
the production, it was like basically him and Zion. He averaged 40 points per 100 possessions. Like, <laughs> like he, the dude's a bucket. We'll, yeah. we'll put it that way. But we're going to break down his game beyond that. Even though sometimes you could just be like, my guy's a bucket. And that's yeah. like perfectly fine yeah. <laughs> analysis. <laughs> no, Corey, I, I just want to say before we preface all this, like guys, um, this has been quite the experience. You guys have not seen our group chats um, and have, you haven't seen how Corey's been talking about Bryce and how Metcalf and Rucker and Nate and Maxwell have been fighting for him. It's been really, really interesting. Um, it's kind of been like, it's either been a love fest or the player haters ball. Um, <laughs> and some of the guys at our website have been talking about him, like use a Rosie O'Donnell or Osama bin Laden uh, in that skit. But um, I, I think this is going to be a really interesting pod. And I'm really excited to hear all the things you have to say. And I can't wait for the, our Bryce Sensible haters to listen to this and what they'll have to say after. So I'm ready to go. Yeah, or watch. Because, you know, as always, we're going to break oh, down some film. Yeah. But be- before we do that, you know we got to talk about the $10 that we're given on it every episode. So uh, I'm going to give you $10. Bryce Sensabaugh, Derek Whitehead, and Jet Howard. How dare you? <laughs> Three, you know, bigger wings who are, are you know, plus shooters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hate this question. But I know. Sure, sure. And, you know, Corey, you're – for our listeners out there, you guys know this by now, but Corey is one of the most talented, most gifted gifted people I know. But you creating the threesomes for these $10 <laughs> activities is maybe your best skill. Um, stumps me every single time, even though I know it's coming. Um, here we go. I'm going to go Jet Howard, $7, because mm. he's my guy, and I have him in the top five. And if I have a top five guy, I should be giving him a vast majority of the money. So I'm going Jet Howard, $7. Bryce Sensabaugh, three dollars. Derek Whitehead, zero dollars and zero cents. To shock you, I'm also going to give Derek zero dollars in this Boom. trio. And we did Derek's episode, and it was interesting. And I, you know, yeah, he could shoot. Yeah, and yeah, he could shoot. And I came away higher on his passing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give Bryce six dollars and fifty cents. Okay. And I'm going to give Jet $3.50. Cool. And I, I think those two are actually really interesting comparisons. Yeah. Um, for what they offer, because there is a lot of parallels um, between the two conference, yeah. role, shooting, maybe some of the same weaknesses. Um, but ultimately, um, I really like both of them a lot. I just, there's something about Bryce uh, that I really, really like to watch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, we're going to we're going to start with his defense. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready for it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. This is this is not Jarris Walker or, or Derek Lively or something where uh this is um Definitely not. This uh this is Bryce Sensaba. We're going to we're going to start with some some shooting and I think if you you mentioned Sensaba. Mhm. The first thing that you're going to talk about with the shooting is like mid-range killer, right? Like that's that's kind of the thing that you know everybody brings up, discusses with him, and and uh, you know I think that that is for for good reason because his touch from from that area, you know, it's it's pretty insane, right? Um, you know, it's this is a guy who uh, when you look at that pull-up ability, it it sure gets my mind going towards looks like some NBA shot making. You know, this is early in the year in the Maui Invitational, but little combo move. And, and people talk about sometimes Bryce doesn't always get, you know, a ton of, of space uh, with his, you know, his, his shots. But that is not the case here as he, you know, busts out a little ISO combo from the top of the key and crosses the defender out of his shoes and knocks down a little mid-range jumper. Corey, I'd like to ask you a question, and I thought about this for a long time. And Bryce haters are going to hate that I'm asking this question, but I want to ask okay. you this question because this is, I, I can't shake it. And honestly, even me asking you this question kind of skews my overall ranking of him. Um, when you did your eval for mm-hmm. Devin, Devin Booker before he got drafted, what did you feel like his elite skill was? I'm going to be honest. I, I wasn't digging deep into the draft at that point. Okay, but like even now, mm-hmm. like if you if you had to break down Devin Booker in your eyes, what I, do you think his like elite skills and tools are? Well, I, I think in college, I would I would have said his off ball shooting. Okay. Um, you know, and like you know, he's he's kind of like the exact kind of wingy guy. I think I think we might see like uh, Justin Edwards play a similar role mm-hmm. to to him at Kentucky, like the you know run a lot of that movement, the floppy stuff coming off pin downs, um, the stuff that that. Cal likes now I think he's a three level score I, I don't I don't know <laughs> like he's he yeah. just has a complete offensive game yeah um does like defense ever come to mind when we're talking about Devin Booker I I mean now I don't think he's I I, th- I would say he he competes he's yeah. you know I don't think he's this lockdown yes defender by any stretch like i'm not putting him on uh jimmy butler while he's he's cooking or anything but uh or expecting him to to stop a a guy who's cooking like that but i I don't feel bad about a matchup with devin booker on an island or anything but Corey, i think that's kind of my point when i watch bryce the more i watch bryce look i i don't please please don't think that i'm saying that he's going to be devin booker i'm not saying that at all but he came to mind. And the reason why is when I watch Bryce Sensabaugh and even the clips that you play, you're playing right now, uh, with the, what I wrote in my notes is he's, he's an absolute bully in the mid range. 
Mm-hmm. And if we look at Bryson Zabon, we break him down, um, not an elite athlete, doesn't have like the quickest first step. Um, obviously, the, det- the detractors are going to talk about his um, quote unquote stocky build like we've talked about. But um, for whatever reason, Bryson Zabon gets his shot off like all the time. Um, he's an absolute maestro magician in the mid range. Um, once again, he doesn't have elite for like quickness, but he has a tight enough handle. He uses his physique well, and he gets off these types of shots all the time. And he has that type of touch in the mid range. So for me, Corey, it's hard to shake that and to think, okay, so my evaluation of Bryce sets the ball, like I get it defensively. He's not going to be your number one option. He's not going to be your, you know, lockdown point of attack defender. But if he can, like you said about Booker, if he can compete and be a guy that, you know, you're not like always freaking out about on the defensive side of the ball, then it's hard to shake this idea of Bryce Sensabaugh not being an awesome player. So I, I apologize. I know you just want to talk about the shooting, but like as you were talking about the shooting and you played that clip, I'm like, dude, that move that you, you're highlighting, you're showing over and over again, like that's an NBA move. And he has that type of fluidity and that type of presence in the mid range and the ability to get off his shot. So from just kind of starting off in the mid range, like, yeah, he has an NBA ready mid range game. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, funny that you brought up Devin Booker there. Um, now I, I did write about Bryce earlier in the year and Devin Booker was one of the guys I, I kind of comped him to. Uh, but I, I think that we'll see. This is going to look pretty similar if you're following along at home, just coming off a, a little high ball screen and punishing drop coverage. Um, first, it was Devin Booker getting it done. And, you know, now Sensaba is going to come off the screen, get right to the nail. Defender can't get over in time. Knockdown. Tough. 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 Yeah. And, and you know, look, the, the mid-range is only dead for guys that aren't great at it (laughs) (laughs) the guys who can't hit it yeah exactly you know like bryce sensabaugh is a really 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 great uh mid-range shooter so it's not dead for him (laughs) you know what i mean like this is this is something that he can go to and will uh go to throughout his career i mean he shot um 50% 50% from 17 feet out to the three-point line per synergy. So, you know, like, this is a guy who feels really comfortable in in these scenarios, and it's because he's so, so skilled. Now, you know, here we are using that big frame. Yeah, bully. Now, now what he's doing here is he's getting the ball on the block. Uh, we're a little bit in the short porch outside of it on the logo. Backs down. Nice and patient. And he gets to his spot. And this is something that I want to talk about with Bryce. Is space creation. And, and I want to talk about sh- um, not, not space creation necessarily, but spot creation. And what I mean by that is when he is comfortably getting to his spot, you might think that he is like really, really covered and it's a bad shot. But he's comfortably shooting because he's so committed and understands what he's going to do when he gets there so there's he's able to have um you know a a patience in in the way that he operates there if you know if if that makes uh 100 sense you know yeah yeah no Corey, i'm definitely with you and just uh yeah i mean the, the patience 
the the power, the mentality, even to kind of get to that spot is unbelievable. And I, I just kind of going back to what you said, like, okay, you're about to highlight DeRozan, aren't you? Of course you are. And this is, look, this is an NBA move, man. Like the footwork is unbelievable. Like there's nothing too flashy and amazing. And Corey, a point that I wanted to make before that I think resonates here too. People talk about like gravity in terms of like outside shooting, right? And when you talk about gravity as an outside shooter, people think of three-point shooting exclusively and I, I i don't think that's it at all if you watch the playoffs right now what you highlighted before with that booker play you know a lot of teams will play drop coverage and in drop coverage if the big is sagging that much and you have an open mid-range shot like that and you have an assassin like devin booker or demar Derozan, or whoever or jalen brunson that can hit that shot consistently well then suddenly that drop that drop coverage isn't so good anymore and that big is going to have to hard hedge. He's going to have to show. And that leads to different advantages for the driver than to exploit that all the way to the rim or draw fouls or whatever, or start to bend the defense in a different way. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in the outside shot being just a three-point shot that once again, we discredit that mid-range shot. And even here, the highlight that you're showing right now, like this is such a bully move from Bryce and his ability to use his size, his, his physique, which I guess we're using it in a different way this time than we usually do. But I mean, that, that space creation spot creation that you're talking about is so effective for him. And I just don't see how that doesn't translate to the NBA because it's not like he's doing this exclusively against like small, tinier guys. He could do this against almost anybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. And, and, it's not when we talk about him like you know this bully move, but it's not just like oh he's so powerful that he's he's overpowering the defender. Like look at the footwork, yeah, yeah. Look how skilled he is. Look at the counters he has. Look at how when he gets the guy, he gets right to his spot. He feels how he's defending him. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back and kind of pause it. Uh, let's get Zach Eady out of the way. <laughs> He the the defender is guarding him so he can't turn into the middle of the floor. Yeah, right. So Sensabaugh know, knows that, and he knows that when he spins, he's going going to be able to create uh, enough space here uh, to get his look off cleanly, and 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 that's a layup to him. And um, you know, uh, spoiler alert for you know the audience, um, who have you bought stock in previously? For me. Don't don't really need to uh, do that segment later because I'm doing yeah. it now. I, I, to me, he is DeRozan with a modern twist mm. uh, because ultimately, and this is you know, it's almost a carbon copy of of the play we just saw from the fact that you know Bryce and Demar are both going to that same exact spot, turning their body their, their back and just using their size, their skill to get off a, a clean clean look. Now. It, the, the reason that, um, you know, I think some fans get frustrated with DeRozan, right, is because this, that's DeRozan's bread and butter. That is his sweet spot. That's what he feels comfortable with. But, you know, Bryce is a, a guy that he has more. You know what I mean? Like, he is yeah. not just a guy who, who has to, um, you know, shoot mid-range shots and that's the only way he can get his he shot 41 percent from three uh-huh. on 11 three-point attempts per 100 possessions you know so it's not even like he wasn't doing it on volume mm-hmm. i mean filthy 
you know, like just you, he's and we and I look at all the the ways he'll be used in in a different context. Mm-hmm. Little little ball screen here. He's on a big, can't stay in front of him because I think Bryce, because of his size, because of his girth, because of that stocky build, he's he's going to be playing up and uh, a, a little bit. And and you're not gonna and if you switch here, nasty. he's gonna punish that. He's so gonna punish nasty. that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Corey, I just want to say, going on Synergy and looking at his player details page and looking at <laughs> the um, points per shot rating, and it's usually like good, elite, whatever. Yeah, every every field for his shooting is very good, like on every level or like excellent. All, yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> unbelievable um, the type of shooter that he is. And, and I'm with you, man. And you know what, Corey, if you're gonna skip, you know what player you st- taken stock in before for later too, I, I'll, I'll just go with mine because for me, there's a guy that plays. Uh, in New York uh, that is absolutely bossing this Knicks Cavs series. And his name is Jalen Brunson. And he's a Mm. guy who obviously is smaller than Bryce, but a guy who, yeah, isn't an elite athlete. He's, I mean, he's small. He's six, one, like he's listed at six, two. No one believes that shit. He's like six foot, six, one. Yeah. Right. Similar build to Bryce. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Not known as an elite defender, but um, you know, he just kind of dictates the terms of basketball when he's mm-hmm. on the court and he is um, doing so much for this. Team. But look at the way he scores that, that play that you showed with Bryce and uh, DeRozan on the left side of the court. Yep. Brunson does the same thing, but on the right side of the court, right? Like he he'll back you down. And if you're going to shade him outside, he's going to spin and take that jump jumper on the baseline. And it goes in almost every goddamn time. Like he's that good of a scorer. And, and look, and you're showing another Booker thing here. And that's the, the thing with Bryce is, is that, I love what you said about him being a DeRozan with a modern twist or him. You showing the Booker stuff here right now as well as because he is such a goddamn good shooter off the catch. Um, and, and he's, he really is good off the dribble as well. He's an unbelievable shooter. And I think we do this pod every single week, Corey, and we generally bring up a lot of the same talking points when it comes to what NBA teams are looking for. And when you're that good of a scorer and you can shoot it, that well from outside both off the catch and with the ball in your hands off the dribble that's special stuff and that's stuff that uh, honestly i isn't really apples for apples when you're comparing skills to skills it it, it truly is an elite skill that he has and i think nba teams are going to feel exactly the same in my opinion yeah I, and you know the the conversations that i've had with people uh you know that are in the nba i think you know i i, I mean look i think people are in or out on bryce typically but i, I think there are some smart organizations that I've spoken to that I, I think think he's really skilled. So, you know, I think a, a lot of it will come back maybe to one, how much they believe he has it in him to get in better shape and then and then the knee. Um because I do think, you know, the him getting into elite shape and that's part of the bet that I would take on him in that like five to six range. Part of the bet is that okay, if this dude gets into that much better shape, he he jumps a level. Uh, uh you know, and, and that's a, a dangerous player. Now, you know, we showed that Booker clip before coming off the screen. And, you know, we have a, a big here. This is very similar kind of somewhat guarding at the level, but yeah. but playing off a little bit. And like with a shooter like Sensabaugh or Devin Booker, you can't really do that. You have to commit one way or the other. And that that defender, just like Cat was, is stuck in no man's land. Um, and, you know, Sensabaugh is able to just, punish this um just like Devin Booker was so uh I I think that he could play and act as a shooter with the ball in his hand but then I think 
uh, and, and I want to go back to Devin Booker for a minute, you can run him off of little actions like this where he can come off movement. And this is yeah. that kind of like Kentucky Booker, you know, that we were talking about earlier where he's, you know, coming off screens and playing off of, of Chris Paul and doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands to thrive. And I think Bryce has that in his game too. Like this is a guy, you know, who you could use setting screens and running all over the floor and just run him to the wing, catch and shoot. He's going to be a threat as a shooter from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I kind of hate how this happens to me a lot. Like you, I, you have some like control over me, Corey, or whatever. But we do these <laughs> pods and we talk about players, and you're so convincing about these guys. And and I and I'm feeling you, man. Like I I did the I did the deep dive, like a real thorough deep dive for this pod, and I walked away thinking, like, dear God, like I don't under, I don't see how an NBA team doesn't fall in love. And we haven't talked about his defense yet, and obviously there are some warts to his defense. But even that, like, I walked away. I was like, oh, do I really hate it as much as I think I hate it? I right. don't think so. But. Uh, oh, at least here on the offensive side of the ball, like these are NBA skills that teams want and teams are looking for. I, I just watch the playoffs guys. Like teams are looking for bench scorers. They lurk. They're looking for guys to come off the bench and be able to have an influence on the game. Obviously, you talk about the NBA NBA as a superstars league for sure. You need your superstars to be successful in the playoffs, but the teams that keep pushing on and, and advancing in the playoffs have these guys that can also come in and dictate terms when, you know, the seventh, eighth, ninth man is in. And I think from day one, Sensabaugh could be a guy that you'd feel pretty good about bringing off the bench. And then eventually, obviously with the skills that he has, he could become a number one, number two option one day as well. And if we're talking about a guy with that, type of upside and ceiling then how could you not have him in your top 10 kind of becomes the next question now we were you know we were kind of high on um cam thomas during his draft and and look when he plays and he's given the rock 40 balls right like (laughs) in this nba he he could score the rock and the difference in in cam thomas is like six two six three yeah uh, Bryce Sensabaugh six six and built so he could handle the physicality. I think on the other end a little bit better. He's long, um, and he's more than okay playing off the ball too. And and you know Cam much prefers to to dance with it. But this off the ball, not needing the ball in his hands stuff from Sensabaugh, I think you know is huge. Look, forty nine percent on unguarded catch and shoot jumpers. Put him next to your star. That's like sick. he's a, a legit floor spacer. You're going to have to. Uh, close out hard on him. Um, then with the ball in his hands, 46.2% in isolations. Uh, I, I mean, the 51.5% on post-ups. Dude is just a, a, an efficiency monster. You know what I mean? So like, it, when I look at him, like you said, I think he is going to be find a way to contribute on the offensive side of the ball right away as he learns how to play that um you know, the, that full on NBA game. And, and look, it's, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about how efficient and effective he is. And, uh, I think that, um, you know, there are areas offensively where, where clearly he, he needs to get better at, right? Like he, I think for somebody of his stature, uh, I think that this is a guy who should be, 
you know, finishing better yeah. than than he does. Now he he's not bad. He he was fifty seven percent overall, but um fifty one percent in the half court. So he's a guy who you know look he's he's not like completely ground bound. Like he mm-hmm. he can put you you know on a poster uh, when he has a runway, yes. but ultimately like with the type of rim protectors in the league, like. Yeah, I think he's going to have to look at a possession like this where he's got a guy who's big and is an NBA athlete and mobile and can switch and guard him who's bigger than him. You stop it right here. He's just going straight up here. So he, it's mm-hmm. Coleman Hawkins and Bryce Sensaba right on the block in the paint. Sensaba is about to go up. He's got to just dip that shoulder yeah. and create that space so he can extend and finish. But in, instead, he goes up. Um, I don't want to say soft because he's attacking the rim, and I think he just thinks he has the advantage to get that off right. But ultimately, you know, it leads to him getting swatted. So uh, there, there are definitely, definitely areas where he, you know, has to show more. Um, but you know, I, I also think that you know, there's a lot of potential there. Uh, the the two things that I had in my notes, Corey, um, in terms of his finishing at the rim, number one, um. Clearly, he does lack a lead burst. Um, mm-hmm. When yeah, he for sure. has a runway, then yeah, he could put a guy on a poster like like the one against Illinois was unbelievable um, in transition. Yeah, <clears throat> but um, I, I do think like in a half court sense, like yeah, he's got to work on that. And it's not even that he has to work on his burst per se, but like you said, right, being more savvy about bumping into guys and c- kind of creating that space. The second thing that I wrote about is he needs to improve that left hand. Um, there are a mm. lot of times where he's driving left and he would easily have a nice left-hand bucket, but he goes back to his right and that hurts yes. him a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that was the main critique I had for him in finishing at the rim. And I, I, I think that those are totally fair because, you know, he doesn't have that burst. He is a guy who much so prefers to, you know, uh, attack with craft. And here, you know, he, he gets to the rim. But what I'm highlighting on the clip that I, I'm playing now is how he is creating that space. So when he gets the ball and he's in the corner here, um, he's going to hit his defender with a little shimmy. And this is kind of like his go-to move to kind of get his defender off balance before. And it's, it's something that, you know, they, they should be teaching more, or maybe they are. And the kids just aren't absorbing it. Like they used to not to sound a million years old, but uh, when you face up and you get like in a three point stance and you know, you hit him with a jab step and you get your shoulders rocking and you don't have to put the ball on the floor before you know what you're doing. Right. And that's what he's going to do on, on this clip here. He's going to hit little, just get some leaning with mm-hmm. that little shoulder shrug to create that separation that, that, okay, I don't have a ton of burst, so I'm going to win with craft. And that's something that we, um, we had talked about with uh, with Kobe Bufkin. He's another guy, right? That um, yeah. has to win with with craft. Uh, so so that's kind of Bryce's go to, and you know, a little bit here and goes to the left. But you know, like you said, that's not something he's he's doing necessarily on on the regular. Yeah, but I mean, Corey, to his credit, like you mentioned, like he does have these types of moving in his back in his back to get to the rim, but also like he shot a pretty good 
percentage this year. And that's without him having that elite burst or being in elite NBA shape, right? Like we've talked about. And I think that's because he does have good touch, right? Although, as I mentioned before, this is a left-hand layup. I wish he did more of that, um, considering that it seems like he can do it. But um, I, I just like the fact that he has good touch around the rim. And, you know, he is one of these guys that, you know, is the classic, does that. He, he knows how to mess with your tempo or your internal clock in terms of his drives. Does the classic, like, jab and then jab go type of stuff to really kind of get you uh, on your toes. And, and that stuff is going to be important for him because, as we've mentioned a million times, he does have a strong frame and a bigger build. And so if he can just keep you on your toes um, with his shooting and with it, with the hesitations and jab moves and stuff like that, then, yeah, he's going to be a successful driver of the ball even without having the elite athleticism or burst. And that, that stuff comes with time and experience and coaching as well. Yeah, and ultimately, because he's such a good shooter, you do have to play oh, yeah. up on him. You can't give him that room, and you, you have to kind of respect it. And as far as the finishing and, and how, it, how he could use his body, I think this is a good example of how you do that, right? And this is DeMar DeRozan, the full-fledged version on the Bulls, who's this, you know, unbelievable finisher and mid-range shooter and scorer and has, you know, been in the league for a million years now. And he's you know, using this crafty kind of finish where he's going to go into Malcolm Brogdon's chest and then he's going to finish um, with his offhand and, and with the extension. And we see that here. You know, we this is something that, that we see here. Using his body to shield the defender from making a play on the ball. So, look, does he need to get better at finishing? Certainly. But when I'm looking at certain flashes... Um, for him. And I, I see things like this in his bag and I go, all right, he, he already has the frame, but he needs to get it into better shape. And if he, if he just slims down a little bit, he's still going to be a big, strong dude. You know, he's not going to all of a sudden look like Chet Holmgren because he loses a little bit of weight, right? That's not the kind of frame that he has. He's always going to be strong. So he just needs to get better at this. And sometimes when we're watching these guys, especially when we're, we're watching them compared to their NBA counterparts that we're comparing them to, we look at the full fledged, fully formed, fully evolved Pokemon version of the NBA player versus the college prospect of the guys that we're breaking down. And when we do that, we're not being fair to them. And, but when I see the glimpses of it, I can project, all right, well, six years down the line, maybe this is something he goes to regularly. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Corey, I number one uh, Pokemon reference. Are you kidding me? That was unbelievable. <laughs> um, uh, automatically, I thought of like, um, what's that freaking um, Charizard? Yeah, and now he's like the final form. He's all cut. Charmander up and, and, and yeah, but Charmander's kind of like doughy, yeah, little fluffy dude, <laughs> and he's like you know small little flamethrower stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm I'm with you, man. Like Bryce. It, it, just a little bit of NBA conditioning and he's going to look so different, yeah. but the frame is there, dude. Like the shoulders are gigantic. He's clearly always been like a bigger dude. So yeah, he's never going to be Chet. Um, no matter what he does, he'll never be Chet. And um, I'm with you, man. Like if the flashes are there, then there's enough to get excited and NBA program NBA dieting and the NBA everything that we say on every freaking pod. But I believe it with him. Like I actually do believe it. And, and if he didn't have touch, then we'd call that out. But he mm. has, he actually has touch. And so if it's a matter of him getting in slightly better shape and, you know, working on like little nuance and, you know, 
that that stuff comes with coaching and time and experience. And he's going to go up and get his shot blocked just violently by a couple of guys, Robert Williams, Mitchell Robinson, whoever, Gobert, Kessler, whatever. Like these things will happen and he'll learn from it. He'll learn mm-hmm. how to put his chest, his shoulder into guys and create better space. And he's only going to get better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I also think, you know, maybe the extra spacing on, you know, an NBA floor also helps a little bit to counter balance it um you know these are all all things to consider uh shout out to everybody watching live uh on the youtube channel shout out to everybody listening on the podcast feed if you're watching live on the youtube channel make sure you uh smash that like button man um throw a thumbs up for your boy shout out to cp at nicks fan tv they're having a, a grand old time over there um let's talk about uh his playmaking a little bit because oh. i think that he's got this reputation as he is a scorer, right? He's this high usage guy who puts the ball in the hoop and that's all he could do. And I don't think that's fair. It's not completely unfair, (laughs) but I also don't think it's fair. I think his role at Ohio state, it started out. It was just like, Hey, I want you to come off the bench and I want Mm -hmm. you to go be our, you know, microwave guy, except microwave guys are typically a little streaky and he just was always on. It took like, until like the final month of the season for him to have a, a down game. Um, but I think at the next level, I think his passing is going to evolve because the passing flashes that he's shown. And look, when you look at the raw 1.2 assists per game or whatever um, that he's averaging, you also have to realize he's only playing 24 and a half minutes per game. So like, you know, that might, it's not going to be exponentially better if he played 33 minutes per game, but it would look a little bit less like, dire than it does just based on his minutes per game that he played uh but i've seen some flashes man and and the flashes excite me they do they they excite me a lot um and you know we talk about bryce uh the the post player well what do guys need to do out of the post in order to to operate there in the league you can't just sure if you could score at an insane clip you might be able to go to work, but eventually guys are going to double down. They're going to show different coverages at you. So how are you going to make them pay? And I think that, you know, sensible is a guy who not only can he score out of there, this is a, a really slick one handed live dribble hit to the weak side out of the post timed perfectly before the help comes. I mean, this is, you know, this is big time, big time stuff. Uh, He doesn't get an assist here, but does that make that pass? You know, not really, really slick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, dude, I, it's almost like he has a sixth sense here. Like, how, how did how did he know? How did he feel that? Great court you know? awareness. I know, exactly. And, and I, I'm with you, Corey. Like, I, I, I don't know if I got to where you got to exactly in terms of his passing. And also, like, ultimately, I, I don't think you're saying that he's some he's going to be like an elite playmaker and average no tennis per game yeah so okay then then i absolutely am with you um i i think he's going to be good like i think he's going to be a really good passer and my thing is this like i feel like all the elite scorers like they understand their gravity um and it feels like sensible is one of these guys where he understands that even as a freshman like these defenses were like pretty spooked by how good of a score he look at this like the doubles come in once again and just an absolute dime. And, and I think like, he's one of these guys. He he knows he understands how good it, he is as a scorer. And he understands that that comes with 
as you mentioned, right, doubles and different packages and sets coming for him. And I and I think from what we saw, he was good enough. He was a more than good enough passer. Obviously, not a guy that you're expecting to average a high number of assists. But if you're making passes like this, that's more than good enough. And also, will just continue to open up more opportunities for you to score as well because defenses will be scared to kind of send that double as much. Yeah, and look, think you know we we talked about Demar Derozan, we talked about Devin Booker. Um, these are guys who are not playmakers coming into the league. They were not considered playmakers. They were considered guys who didn't have playmaking skills. That would be their weaknesses. And both of those guys now can really, really pass the ball. So when I'm looking and trying to project, like Cam Thomas never wanted to pass the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just didn't want to pass it. Um, he didn't show a ton of flashes that encouraged you. For me, I see some really slick passing in the timing, in the cadence, in the pace, um, coming off of, you know, ball screen, big slips, perfect timing. He goes over, throws it over the top. He's got good size. Uh, the, the floor is actually spaced pretty well here. He, you know, is a threat. That's a nice slick pick and roll to the, that he hits the roll man. Yeah. It's it's pretty nasty. And ultimately, as like a secondary guy, it, it, he's got an unbelievable skill set. Like his toolbox is unbelievable. If you're not going to be asking him to be like your number one creator and he's doing this type of stuff, like that's so exciting. Look, he, he gets it, man. He's coming over. He understands the help's coming. Sees weak side corners wide open. Bang. Hey, this is I'm and, with and, you, dude. and he's being used here as a screener. And I think he's going to be used as like this small ball yeah. four. And here he's making a pass out of the short roll. Like slips it, that. gets downhill, help Boom. comes. He doesn't hesitate. That's a great, great look with high feel. Um, I mean, there's some, he had some moments as a passer and it's just like, all right, how do we set him up in situations to get this out of him more often? And I think the NBA will evolve into that. Oh, that's yeah. Well, that's just silly. <laughs> this what is a, even talking about? so, you know, if you're, you're listening, um, he's going to get the Ohio state gets the offensive rebound. He attacks a closeout collapses four shirts into the paint. And makes like a Tyrese Halliburton mid air laser beam, yeah, laser beam to the weak side corner. Just to, I mean, look at this. Oh my God. Everybody's attention on him. Yeah. And knows exactly where his guys are. It's a perfect pass, too. Perfect on the money. Mm-hmm. Like it's that live dribble stuff where I'm like, yo, like there's yeah. something here as, as a passer. You know, yeah. he has this um, this really good feel and court awareness and understands like where like spacing and where guys are like even here fits that into a little window for a drop off. You know, like th- these are passes. It's like, all right, in totality, he's not averaging a million assists per game, but I'm seeing stuff that makes me go. All right. He's going to be able to leverage yeah. his scoring to make plays for his teammates. And that's all I really care about with him um, as a playmaker is how is he going to be able to leverage that scoring? And when I see stuff like that where he's hitting the cutter um, because the the defense is focused on him or when I see a a possession like this here where he's able to get into the paint, gets a paint touch midair, 
drop off to the big. Like I see stuff like this. I think he showed it um, enough to yeah. get me excited about six, seven years down the line. Hmm. He's not just going to be a, a, a chucker or a guy that you need to get buckets. He's going to be able to actually make teams um, pay for paying too close attention to him. Yeah. I mean, the clip you showed before. Um, yeah. Like that, that number one, that cut was unbelievable, but also great cut. Yeah, yeah, great cut. <laughs> and then here in this play against Northwestern, like the, the little, Oh God. His head fake is good too. I don't know if we talked about that. But yeah, he's, he's slithery. He, slithery. He uses all that craft. He might be. He's one of the craftiest guys in in, in the draft. He and is. I mean, I'm I'm looking at, you know, the playoffs now. And look, I do not by any means mm-hmm. want to diminish how important athleticism is oh, yeah. to NBA basketball, high level NBA basketball. But it's like, how many freak athletes? are like winning their their series right now. You know, it's like the Nuggets aren't winning because Aaron Gordon is a freak athlete. You know what I mean? It, they're winning because all of their guys are skilled. Um Philly maybe they're winning, you know. I mean, really Joel Embiid is just a freak physical, yeah, specimen and Tyrese Maxey um Love good that, good athlete. Mm-hmm. Not a freak. Not a free. Just a really skilled dude, right? Mm-hmm. Shot maker. Um, Miami. Nobody on that team is a, you know, I think Bam maybe, but like he's not having the best series. Jimmy yeah. is a, a really good athlete at this point mm-hmm. of his career. He's not a freak. He's nope. just super skilled and knows his strengths. I, I mean, Phoenix, the Suns, those guys are all super skilled. There's no freak athletes in Golden State. Um John Moran's team is down three to one. Although I guess, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron, I guess, are are still freak athletes. But, you know, look, there are, of course, outliers. But I think what we're seeing is most of the guys who are contributing at a high level in the playoffs are super skilled. Plus size, feel, craft, all that stuff. And I just I think Sensabaugh has that kind of stuff to him. Yeah. Um, Corey, there's there's a team that's going to be drafting around number 10. Maybe eleven, depending on. Well, if it goes eleven, then I'll go to the Knicks. But like yeah. Dallas could use a sensible <laughs> dude. Like they've been looking for a running mate for Luca for years. But mm. you talk about sensible and his shooting ability, secondary playmaking <clears throat> at six six. That sounds like a pretty good match to me. Um, he'll play off ball, can shoot it off the catch, as we've highlighted. Mm. Would be unbelievable. Yeah, I, look, <laughs> Dallas can use a lot of guys right now. Yeah. They could use a lot of guys right now. And it's going to be interesting to see what they even do with the, their, you know, yeah. the pick. If they yeah. keep it or or do they trade it for more immediate help? And if that'll hurt them down the line, who knows, right? All right. I, look, I think it's time now to talk about his defense, right? Sure. And this is the this is the, the main area where I think if you're low on him, you're like, look, I get it. He's the most efficient wing in the draft. He could shoot. He can create his own shot. I get all that. But he can't defend at all. And I think you do need to be able to defend in the NBA. You know, we just had another conversation with our guy Colby Jones. And, you know, we talked about not only can he play the offensive side of the ball and contributing in a ton of ways, but he also is 
a really strong defender who's versatile. So it's not to say that def- defense is most certainly important. But Bryce Sensible is not even in the NBA yet. Mm-hmm. And he has time to get better. And he has time to work on his conditioning and his body and some of the things that he might struggle with. Because ultimately, I think that the defense is kind of pretty good on the ball. Mm-hmm. I think he's pretty good on the ball. You know, he's he moves. For a guy his size, he moves. He flips his hips. Um, he could stay with with smaller guys. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, like when you have a body like that yeah. and you're banging and you're hip to hip with him, he, you know, this is a good possession. You know, he's getting this guy going middle to the left and just mm-hmm. throwing up junk because he's a big, strong dude. You know, like he's he, he moves, he moves his feet. I think on the ball when he only has one specific thing to to focus on, um, it, it looks really good. A lot of times all of his numbers on defensively or the vast majority of all his numbers on synergy all check out and rate really well. And that's not the end all be all at all. The tape on this end especially is way more important. But I mean, look, he's point he's calling things out. He's active. Um, uh, and here he's ISOed again. He's got a bigger wing on him, flips his hip, bodies up, sends him right into the help. Yeah. It's a, it's a good defensive possession. I'm going to give him a backhanded compliment, but, um, he, he's not Malachi Branham. Um, <laughs> is what I'll say. Um, yeah. and Cor- it's yeah. interesting when we did the Branham pod last year, I was like, Oh, I thought he was like, okay, whatever. And you went to town on him. And then I did a, another deep dive and I was like, yeah, maybe I was wrong. Um, maybe he is terrible <laughs> at defense, but I, watching sensible, I don't get that feeling. Like no. I get it. He's not a good defender. I'm not going to jump on the mic here and just, you know, to make, him feel good or you feel good say that I thought he was a good defender. No, he obviously he has his warts, right? But, but I mean, for all the stuff that we talked about on the offensive side of the ball, right? We're going to, he's going to be in NBA conditioning and uh, NBA dieting and whatever. He's going to get a little bit lighter on his feet. I feel like I, the, the strength and the length stuff is there. And, 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 and I felt like, especially on the ball, I thought he competed was the biggest thing I wanted to say. So this is not me saying I think he was a lockdown defender or Kobe Jones or anything like that. But I did feel like because there is a bit of a foundation to him and I think he's always going to be strong, he's always going to be long, and I think he's going to compete in this way. I just don't want to say that I think he's going to be a terrible defender. I think he can be at least an average to above average defender is kind of where I ended up landing. Yeah, all he has to do is just not get kill not get targeted and i don't think you're gonna be able to target him um like now jalen pickett makes this shot is this bad defense no that's also jalen pickett's game not at all this is a really good defensive possession of anything and you know they're they're gonna get um sensibas switched onto him off the ball screen and just but look at him he's he's gonna stop the drive switches his hips doesn't really bite on the fake he gets mm-hmm. an extension and it's just like a tough fadeaway mid-range shot like yeah. you're gonna mostly live with stuff like that right like yeah. um I, I think where he gets you know kind of uh hurt the most are on these kinds of possessions where there are maybe like miscommunications or or guys are like you have to think a little bit, um, you know, like right here. 
Like, I, I don't even know what yeah, what yeah. happens there. He just gets kind of blown by. I guess he thinks that, you know, there's going to be um, a switch. They're they're in transition here. Um, they, they pull it out. You know, he seems like he he kind of forgets for a second. Like he, he gets like brain fog that, you know, his man is actually, um, you know, going to be driving the ball for mm-hmm. a layup. So it's like stuff like that. And look, that's not good by any stretch of the uh, uh, imagination, right? Like I don't, you, you don't want guys who are just like having these brain fart moments. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't think there are so many of them that it's like, they outweigh the offense. And I feel like a lot of the dialogue is kind of similar to like the AJ Griffin dialogue last mm. year where everyone was like, he's such a terrible defender. But I was like, no, no, I don't think he is. And like, I think he tries hard and he has like good tools and um, there are just like things he needs to clean up. And like, this is something that Bryce right here needs to clean up this possession yeah. here. He's going to ultimately end up guarding the strong corner um little dho right so he's he's strong corner uh pick and roll you know he doesn't tag because it's not his job Mm -hmm. uh the shooters lift to the wing and he overcommits on this dig here you know and and by the time he um actually is able to recover and get back to the corner uh you know it's a knockdown shot so like that's something that in the nba like your coach is going to take you out of the game. And I think sometimes that, you know, happened to him uh, at Ohio state, but I mean, you know, like it's, it's, it happens to young guys. Like these guys are not these perfect, perfect prospects, but I, when he, when you have a guy who does give effort consistently, I think that kind of stuff is fixable in the film room. Uh, Another area where I thought he was really good. I thought he was really good chasing shooters. Mm-hmm. around the floor and you know i w- i want to show a ball screen a little bit where i think you know an area he needs to improve but like this is where he kind of uses his big frame to just kind of get through guys <laughs> that's a really good contest yeah you know yeah. chasing around a shooter and and look he can't do that all game there's mm-hmm. a, you know a, a, a few reasons he played 25 minutes per game right his conditioning is going to have to improve his body is going to have to improve but he he moves, he chases guys, he gives effort. It's it's stuff that I look at. I'm like, all right, I think that there's some stuff to work with here, man. I, I think Corey, a big part of it too is that last part that you mentioned. Um, he looks heavy um, on a lot of these possessions, and, yeah. and 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 I and I don't necessarily mean that in like the worst way i also think like it's just it's, it could be an aesthetic to thing too just because he's such a big body guy and he's trying to get his weight moving in a certain direction and it's a lot you know and so him being heavier on that side is going to hurt him and especially like you mentioned that he competes against smaller guards but also you know like it, it wasn't easy for him either guarding those smaller guards that are faster and quicker i i love everything that you said about the footwork and him being able to flip the hips and all that stuff, but also like him being heavier made it harder. And especially I thought in screen navigation, like the one that you showed was a great, a good example of him getting through, but also there are a lot of times where it was harder for him and Mm -hmm. that conditioning needs to be there. And he's got to, we'll just call it, we'll call it for what it is. Like he's got to lose a little bit of weight and I think it's going to help him. Most definitely. Yeah. It's definitely going to help him on both ends of the floor. 
and um, it just even in a possession like this one, he kind of gets eaten up by the I, screen there. But, but it's but it's good defense. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he 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 has through. to curl over it, and yeah. he's still getting you know a look off. Jet's just a tall shooter who is really Very good off good movement. Shooting. It doesn't mean it was bad defense. No, no, for sure. You know, like sure. yeah, because what happens if he goes under that? Like you know, then it's an, open. there's an open look. You can't do that, right? But I think what you're what you are saying about you know, kind of the screen navigation. And I thought when he was doing it off movement, he had a little bit of momentum. It was a little bit easier for him um, in those scenarios. Like you know, this scenario here where he's he just gets pinned, right? Like, and for a guy who is as, as strong as he is, um, he should be able to get through that a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But also, you you do have to anticipate these kind of actions. Cause at the, you know, the next level, like this is going to happen um, really quick. I mean, it happens quick here. It's like yeah. just a quick action. And if he's just eliminated. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are guys in the NBA who are going to make that shot way, 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 way more often than anybody is in college. You know what I mean? So look, he's, he's got a lot of stuff that he does have to work on, on that end. But ultimately at the end of the day, the dude, I think offers so many positives offensively with enough um, uh, flashes on the other side of the ball for me to buy in that he is going to get better enough flashes as a passer, which I'm actually like, Hey, like I would bet on him getting better. Uh, And, and that's what makes me pretty, you know, um, outlier level high. And I, I want to shout out uh, our, our own draft deeper, Nathan Grubel, who I think gave one of my favorite draft takes of this entire draft cycle. When he said that, and we were on a scouting trip, we were going to see, I believe, Taylor Hendricks uh, take on Temple. And he was, we were talking about Sensaba. And he said, I think Bryce Sensaba is this draft's Alperin Shangun. And I just thought that take was so interesting because mm-hmm. obviously we're not talking about him in play style, right? Yeah. Like Shangun is like this uber efficient post player who's like finishing on these like crafty little hook shots. And then he's like making these like Jokic S passes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like this guy who was really super productive at a really young age who had this skill set that was like, if you looked at it through a certain lens, it you could be like, all right, it's an outdated play style. But if you looked at it with the modern lens, you could be like, oh, it's actually a very modern play style because of mm-hmm. you know all the playmaking stuff that he was able to do. Maybe some defensive concerns, but ultimately the production and the fact that he showed um, such an interesting skill set on the offensive side of the ball that if you put him um, on an NBA floor, he was going to still be productive and that production is going to outweigh the negative stuff. And Shangun slipped to what, 16 pick 16 outside the lottery. And if I think if you went back and you redrafted, he would go much higher. So I shout out to Nathan for that take. Uh, I, I think it's very apt in, in the perception yeah. of Bryce Sensabaugh with, with a lot of people. No, for sure. Corey, um, that's a great take actually. Um, kind of jealous. I haven't had one of those yet, but um, <laughs> um, you have I, I, more I, than enough. <laughs> <good takes. laughs> I, I want to say, Corey, I, I think where I'm landing, and you know, we're 
it's time to we we're kind of going to start landing the ship here yeah um landing the plane here but it's something i've been thinking about was we've talked about a lot of nba players while going through this con- through this episode about sense about we mentioned DeRozan, booker brunson all these guys and i think the biggest thing that is coming to mind right now is when we thought about those guys before they reached their peak forms. Um, I don't think we ever talked about those guys being elite defenders or even really good defenders, you know, and, and I'm not saying that to excuse Bryce Sensabaugh on that side of the floor. What I'm saying is he's such a unique talent on the offensive floor that if he just shows a little bit of growth on the defensive side, then I think all those concerns are all just going to kind of wash away. Like he is such a versatile, dynamic, just potent offensive player that if he could just get to average on the defensive side of the ball, then we're talking about a really, really, really interesting and and, and could be uh, just an amazingly productive player on the next on the next level. So I, I think you've definitely sold me on him a ton. Um, and I, I feel a lot better about his eval now than I did even before. So I don't, I just, I don't know if I hate you for this, but, um, <laughs> he's really good, man, is where I'm landing. Yeah. And so I, I don't think we need to do a sell me this pen. Cause, uh, I yeah. think it's, it's pretty easy. It's, are you interested in a guy who is, you know, the most efficient wing in freshman wing in college basketball who could score at all three levels has shown some playmaking potential and um is pretty good defender on the ball and needs to clean up some stuff but ultimately is you know going to thrive in the nba god forbid his you know knees hold up uh and and we have no idea if like the knee issue is anything like that's going to hamper him long term right this is just Mm -hmm. we talk and we don't have access to those medical records but let's hope that um you know everything holds up on that end but i do want to ask if there are any teams, and you talked about maybe the Mavericks, but are, if there are any teams in particular in this, let's call it, you know, 9 to 17 range. So we have the Utah Jazz, who, um, if you read some of the comments on the No Ceilings YouTube mock draft that we did, um, Jazz fans, not happy that Maxwell and Nathan drafted Bryce Sensbaugh and <laughs> Uh, in the lottery there. Um, so we have the Jazz. We have the Mavericks. We have the Magic via the Bulls. We have the Thunder. We have the Raptors, the Pelicans, the Hawks, and the Lakers in that range. Are there any teams that stick out as like, you know what, they would really be able to maximize um, his game? I, I just like I know this team is really young and they have a lot of guys and it feels like hey what I just I just I would love to see him on the Thunder mm. um and, like I, I I get it they have a lot of guys who touch the ball and you know they J Dub was unbelievable for them in year one but J Dub was almost like a jumbo wing for them the way that they were using him a lot of power um, forward yeah um. I, giddy shea unbelievable with the ball and their passing i just i wouldn't mind adding sensible shooting to that team like I, I feel like adding some more shooting to that thunder team wouldn't hurt at all um maybe i'm crazy um i, I like that fit actually the thunder obviously i mentioned the mavericks before like i just like I think that Mavericks could look to lot of, add a lot of things but adding a guy like sensible next to luca i don't think would hurt um but yeah the thunder was the first one that came to mind and and I think that they're the type of team that values, you know, his kind of archetype 
right? Like that versatile, big size, you know, can do a lot of things, put the ball on the floor, can play on or off the ball. Uh, I am really hoping he lands in Orlando. Okay. With that second pick. If the Bulls don't move into the top four and the Magic end up, um, you know, in that uh, 11, 12 range, depending on if anybody else moves up, you know, we talk about a lot of these kind of like two guards because I think that Markel Fultz is, when he's healthy, he does a really good job as Orlando's point guard. And I don't think they're in dire need of a point guard. Like a lot of times we hear that that dialogue. But we also see a lot of times like these big jumbo forwards get mocked to Orlando. And like how many of those guys can you have where they all play? Yeah. You know, like I get that like Franz is like this Swiss army knife on both sides of the ball. But like ultimately like you want him to play like swinging between the three and four. Paulo you know, offensively is probably swinging between like point forward, you know, point guard, power forward, small forward ish guy. And he's even going to play some center. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you still have Jonathan Isaac, you have Wendell Carter, like you have all of these, these big guys that are really going to mostly defend in that front court space. So I, I don't know if those big jumbo wings are the, you know, the move to go to, but a guy like Bryce Sensaba, who still has good positional size and doesn't need the ball in his hands, mm-hmm. can play off the ball. But also, when it's crunch time, he can go get a bucket. Orlando can also, I think, kind of cover some of the quote unquote defensive deficiencies that you would, uh, you know, kind of yeah. say that he has. I really think that, and he's from the area, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, yeah, he's from Orlando. So, and, and hometown, hometown kid, going to the Magic. This is on top of they have you know a, a pick that is you know projected without the lottery so far to be the sixth pick in the draft. If he's the second piece that they are able to add, whew, oh boy, oh man, because that kid produced. And he fits that roster like a glove. And if he made it to Orlando, he would by far most he would most likely be the top guy on my personal board. So I think they'd be getting great value. Yeah, I think that would be a really good spot. I'm with that man. I I, I like everything that you said. Fit wise, it makes a ton of sense for sure. Um, at this point, I just want to see him in the NBA. Like yeah. that's just kind of where I'm at right now. Like I. I just want to see what that offensive game looks like on the next level, considering all that he was able to flash in college. So that, that fit with Orlando is great. They got Suggs over there too. Um, and it, you know what he's going to offer defensively and stuff like that. So I'm with you, man. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's going to be really fun. All right. Um, this is a fun episode. I'm glad that I, I finally got to defend, uh, <laughs> my guy, Bryce Sensabaugh, uh, shout out Nathan and Maxwell on the squad. Uh, Albert, tell the people where they could find you. Oh, you can find me at Alberto Gim is where you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm at GTG NBA is where you can find me. Um, before we go, I just wanted to give a special shout out to my NLVC family. We are playing in a huge 
football tournament this Saturday, and that's why I'm getting really tan because I've been practicing <laughs> in the sun. You can see there's a big contrasting color here between my chest and my neck, but i um, excited to be playing on Saturday. Hopefully we win another trophy that would be back-to-back, and that'd be pretty awesome for us. Let's go. And shout out mid-30s. Oh, that! thank you, Corey. I was about to say that, too. Um, <laughs> if I can really quickly, mid-30s is um, just a little culture fashion account that we started because we wanted to create our own clothing line for our friends and family so we'll be dropping some stuff soon so come follow us on instagram at m30s is where you can find us uh must follow for the memes usage so far (laughs) (laughs) and i know the fashion i know the the actual stuff's gonna be fire um you can find me at Corey teleba on twitter at the nba draft dude on tiktok and instagram uh, and YouTube, make sure that you check out our latest mock draft. We did a, a, a live mock where we did four teams, um, and we pick, you know, we spread those out amongst the the all the teams in the NBA, and we did like two minutes each on the clock. And Albert and I teamed up. The the Tyler's teamed up. Uh, Nathan and Maxwell. Nick was solo. Uh, Steven hosted. It was a lot of fun. Check that out on the YouTube. You could also listen to it in full if you haven't already on uh, the podcast stream, which if you're listening to the podcast, please make sure that you rate, review, subscribe, and uh, that five-star rating, you know, really help us out. Um, We appreciate everybody. We have some fun stuff coming as the draft nears. Albert, I saw the, you know, we we got the finalized draft guide cover, and I think it's going to blow people away. I, you should get excited. You should get excited. I, My I guy Matt they... Skiff designed it. Um, he used to uh, be like the lead designer at Huff Skateboards. Um, my favorite artist. Dude absolutely crushed the vision that I had for it. Uh, so very excited to to share that with everybody. I can't freaking wait. Let's go. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Yeah. Until next week, y'all. Make sure you, you check out our Colby Jones interview, uh, which we'll be dropping soon as well but we're out peace peace